man, I'm just wearing some gitch right now, and it is, I'm telling you, about 40 degrees in this bedroom. I'm pouring sweat, so I'm struggling through this. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't tell if you were going to leave this on the recording. Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the Two and Out CFL Podcast. Every week, John Fraser. I'm actually part Canadian. No doubt about it. Who wants to draft me? Love me a rouge. And Travis Curra. Man, if they go with Sanceri over Brett Smith, then nothing has changed in Saskatchewan. We'll deliver news and fantasy analysis from the Canadian Football League. And nonsense. Uh, what do you call it? You're supposed to do the thing where you talk and you pretend like... <laughs> You're the like in- interested in the thing, but you just the need interview. the money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the inner blue. Can't forget the nonsense. I thought you should know I ate two carrot muffins as you were drunk, Jim Barker. Ready, set, hook. Welcome to episode 66 of the Two and Out CFL podcast. Yes, June is here. We've already had a game yesterday. Calgary beats BC 23-18. Preseason's underway. Training camp is two weeks over and... We're back. Fraser and Kura here for another season. We'll be here every week. Well, I will. Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> like, let, let's face it. This episode has been delayed by about three weeks already. Uh, yeah, let's let's get let's get serious here. That yes, yeah. There's probably a good chance that I might be here, despite the podcast bearing my name, like once every six weeks. Trav, is that the minimum requirement here? So the more things change, the more they stay the same. Basically, yeah. It's, hey, man, you know what? When when a couple years down the road, when you have a little guy yourself, you will know what it's like. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I can't sympathize with you right now. Uh... Right. But when you do, <laughs> trust me, you'll be like, oh, I feel so bad down in my bones and my core for giving Fraser such a hard time. <laughs> no, I don't think there's a chance I'll ever feel bad about that. <laughs> but uh, coming up, July 1st, uh, Saskatchewan has their home opener again. Against uh, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Now, the reason I mention that is because the Riders are uh, on a big push right now to come up with some new, I guess, game day traditions, game day experiences that they do. And there's been a thought going around that they're going to ban the wave. Why? That's my question. So, I... I... I just, like, why are we taking the fun? Okay, let's face it. A game at New Mosaic this year is probably going to set you back almost 100 bucks if you're in the lower bowl, right? By the mm-hmm. time you get parking, by the time you get your seats with all the ticket surcharges, it's going to be a 100 buck night. If I want to stand up and do the wave, I damn well should be able to. Although, with, you know, little asterisks beside that, as long as it doesn't happen while the riders are on offense. And I get that, and that does happen a lot, but that's what happens when you get a, a hot ticket in town. The people that aren't the biggest football fans in the world go to your stadium. You can't have it both ways. No, absolutely. Did we just 100% agree on something? I th- the, the heavens have opened. The seas have parted. <laughs> are, we really, are we really starting off the third year of us doing this with us agreeing completely for, like, the first time ever? I think we are. What the In the Huddle with Fraser and Kura on the Two It Out Podcast. A lot has happened since our last episode. I, I honestly don't even know where to start. Let's stay on the topic of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders where longtime color man Carm Carteri is gone. Has he been there for what, 28 years or something? 
Yeah, Kerm has been a piece of those rider broadcasts for well as long as anybody in Saskatchewan can remember. I think if you've heard a rider broadcast growing up in this province, you know Carm Carter, you know his voice. I I know he was getting up there in age, but I noted he noticed he wanted a couple more seasons. I I always I enjoyed Carm. I mean, he told it like it is, and I think you need to do that as a color commentator. That way, otherwise you're coming across as a homer, right? I have a lot of respect for Carm. Yeah, I I always loved listening to him because he uh, he didn't like to pull punches, no. <laughs> and maybe that didn't make him many friends. I I don't know what exactly happened there at the end. Well, here's the interesting thing, Travis. There's a lot of blame going around. Rumor and innuendo. Con- that's how we'll put it. Okay. Well, let's put it this way: in betwixt the time that it took them to announce that he had been let go. And the recording of this podcast, I've been able to do a little bit of journalism. I might just be a sleazy car guy now, but I can tell you I can still make of the journalism when I need to. So here's what I found out, Trav, and I've got some pretty good connection on this one. The decision to let Carm go was not that of the radio station that he works for, CKRM. It was not the decision of the Saskatchewan Rough Rider Football Club, because I've had sources in both organizations tell me so. Now, I spoke directly. I took, I took Max to Ryder Camp, watched some football with him earlier, and I had a chance to catch up with Rod Peterson, voice of the Riders, and a good friend of mine. And when Rod tells me something, when Rod tells me at face value I had nothing to do with it, I believe Rod. So, Travis Curra, must I ask you, who does that remain for a list of suspects if the radio station, the team, and his play-by-play partner all had nothing to do with it? Well, uh, that leaves Carm himself, and I would probably venture to say the league. So Carm didn't let himself go. You read the piece on Three Down Nation that he was quite unhappy. So who could it be, Travis? Somebody at the league. (laughs) So now are we running into a point in which the league, and if you've seen my Twitter feed, I've already... uh, burned down with atomic fire my old connections between myself and the National Lacrosse League but and I'm probably going to damn near do the same thing for this podcast so make it very clear it might have already happened it's more than likely let's just distinguish between me and you right for for once for once (laughs) (laughs) I know I know okay as an aside before I get into a bit of a rant here um why is it that every time I do anything Good or bad, it's my my either praise or fault. <laughs> it's funny because it, well, I I could use it to my advantage because there was a uh, when Orridge announced he was stepping down, uh, Rod Peterson he he sent out a tweet saying that uh, now can we go back to this old logo? And I basically sent out a very sarcastic, dry, mean tweet. Yep. And Rod ended up deleting what he wrote and ended up chirping the podcast account directed at you. <laughs> oh, yeah. What is, because, okay. Rod's so I could really take this to my advantage more. Oh, you absolutely can, even though I have very little to do with the podcast account on Twitter. <laughs> but, I mean, hey, yeah, anything, apparently anything is my fault. Yeah, but yeah. Regardless, are we hitting a stage of micromanagement with the league that they're so concerned with their own self-image that they're going to start, you know, dipping their toes into what their partner broadcasters are doing? People that are spending, in the case of the riders, let's face it, that Hill Hill group, when they made that contribution as a founding partner to Mosaic Stadium for $15 million, 
that was them buying the lifetime rights. Don't get me wrong. They don't make that contribution if that's not on the table. So we now have people spending millions of dollars to carry these games and make a profit off of them. And now the league office is going to dictate who's on those broadcasts. It's just, I don't think that's a reality in which anybody wants to get into. I mean, it's quickly, and again, a big part of this is the way that that traditional media TV newspapers are, are really seeming to be shrinking these days. But have you noticed the teams starting to hire a lot of really, really talented people to go ahead and put out news articles that are exclusively from the team? They are, that's, yeah. That yeah. seems to be the trend of the future. So are we now moving to a situation in which the league controls the message and the team controls the message? I don't like the thought of that, Travis. That, that's don't. possible. You're right. Uh, Ian Hamilton is a perfect example. He's uh, with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders right now. Now, I, I don't know what went behind it, but, man, he he's well-respected. He was laid off at the star, or at part of me at the Regina Leader Post because yeah. they were downsizing, much like Ed Tate with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Mm-hmm. You know, they are, uh, and again, this is not a slam on their work. No, at all. the stuff coming from the teams right now is quality. Like it, it is, is top notch quality content. It is at a level we've never seen before. It's almost like and each team has their own insider, but I, I don't know the control behind it. Exactly. That seems to be the model that people are moving to as traditional media continues to shrink. But, man, I just I don't like this world in which the league and the teams are essentially taking control of the message and you have no more independent reports anymore. And if they are, who knows what kind of things the league is saying? I mean, I think you and I have put a couple of things together in our own deductions and our own conversations from other podcasters that I don't think we're very high on the league's list of priority podcasts. (laughs) I don't don't know if it's your fault or my fault, but you're right. You're right. It's mostly mine. I mean, I'll take responsibility for that. I mean, but you know, we know enough. We're smart enough guys that, you know, despite the fact that we don't have a call-in show and racists and sexists on this program, <laughs> that we are still not in the league's good books. But no, but they I, are. But they are. But they are somehow. I guess maybe maybe they just don't like the water bottle shot. Regardless, it's I don't like to see leagues middling in what the teams and the broadcasters are trying to do. Let them do their thing. They know their business better than you, and let them just do it. Now, tell me if this is different, because I've heard in junior hockey before of broadcasters either slamming the league or slamming, officiating, things like that, and getting slapped with a fine. Has this ever happened in the Canadian Football League? Oh, I'm sure it has. I'm sure it's just ever been announced. I mean, you look at any league, and I've worked for many leagues where you can't you can't tee off on the league because you essentially sign up an agreement that says you're not going to do the, the things to make the league bad, right? I don't think at one point did Carm Carteri ever make the league look bad. No. I could understand. I mean, he's going to be hard on officials in the heat of the moment, but mm-hmm. I just – I. but, I mean, let's face it. If you're telling it like it is and you're producing quality content, you know, now you have people – and I've heard this from other reporters – and I, of course, can't say their names, but other reporters are saying, I don't know what to talk about or what I can talk about without fear of repercussion. Now, that's a scary reality right now. It is. It is. So I guess it's up to the guys like us that sit on couches in their living rooms while watching the NBA Finals on mute to continue bringing the truth, the truthisms, 
Get away, get away from all the fake news, Travis. Huge, <laughs> huge. It's, it's listen, listen. This podcast here is gonna be huge. We're gonna get rid of the fake news. <laughs> Last week they made an announcement. Now I don't know if you want to talk about this. If you're allowing me to talk about this, but Monday they launched a TSN CFL Fantasy, which is basically uh, the same as what. They did last year. TSN did. We've been playing it for a couple seasons now. Uh, they, they were giving away prizes to Moors. You know, you can get that suit, look all look all spiffy. Uh, but now they've basically just combined and put it on the uh, CFL website. Uh, what do you make of that? We started this thing as a fantasy podcast two, three years ago, whatever it is. Yeah, we did. And we've slowly gotten away from that because people that do it do it much better than us. And the fact is that this is what makes me upset about this, and I won't go on to some of the behind-the-scenes workings because I don't know what I'm allowed to say, but I will not utter a word about their fantasy game. You're welcome to, Travis. You're more than welcome to. You're going to. I will shut up when you do because you have a company, a couple good old guys out of Regina that did fantasy, that brought CFL fantasy to a reality. And did the CFL ever think about partnering with them, doing anything? No. In fact, I have it on pretty good authority. They screwed them. CFL also has, could have partnered with another Canadian company based out of Saskatchewan and Edmonton here. The Onside Fantasy Podcast, part of the Canadian Football Podcast Network, friends of ours. Guys I respect a tremendous deal for the amount of work they put in. Those guys put out a fantasy guide every year. Instead, the CFL has contracted out an American company to do the official fantasy guide. So you have two Canadian companies, two of them from Saskatchewan as well, that are doing what you're trying to do that you had the opportunity to partner with and declined in spectacular and horribly unprofessional fashion. And instead, you go with an American company and a subpar product. Because what do fantasy players want? They want head-to-head. Let's face it. I, I totally agree. I, I, I'm i glad that they're putting more attention into it, but I'm at the same time a bit disappointed that it's not the head-to-head product. Well, and it's been proven that it's... And they had an opportunity to partner up with the head-to-head product and had that taken away. So for the entire season, Travis, any references, any analysis that you make about... The CFL's fantasy game, you're welcome to. And if I'm not here for a week, you guys are welcome to discuss it. And I'm not going to be that that angry about it. But I'm just not going to talk about it. But I'm not. That's that's the short and long of it. So we finally, finally found a way to make me shut up. <laughs> so next week, uh, two and out uh, sixty-seven is all about fantasy and uh, <laughs> and the new game no, 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 on CFL.ca. I'll uh, <laughs> still talk fantasy. I'll still talk fantasy. Okay. But, but I mean, you look, and again, you look at this. Those are, those are Canadian companies, and let's expand this even a little bit here, Trav, to David Winter and Canuck play. Uh, it's almost you know, the same thing. Yeah, you've got a guy in southern Ontario developing a game basically from scratch that you won't partner with him. The game's still going to go. It's uh, it's going to be out on Steam and Xbox. Like I, I want to go get an Xbox One, which I don't have, just so I can download this game or go ahead and get a PC so I can download Steam to download this game because I want to show any kind of support I can. 
I'm also the voice of the vendors in in the game, which is kind of cool. But <laughs> there, there again, there is three prime examples all within the past 12 months of the Canadian Football League having an opportunity to partner up with Canadian companies showing off their game and their brand and expanding those things and essentially telling them to go for themselves. If you do want to play CFL Fantasy with uh, me, CFL.ca, click Fantasy. I, and John's not lying. I sent him an invite to the 2 and out League. He has not responded. He will not be taking part, but I am. I am. I'm a nice, uh, positive guy. I'm excited to have more options. So <laughs> I'll be doing it. John won't. Good for you. <laughs> Good for me. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> this is already like, even though we started off with like our first 100% agreement ever, I believe this is the angriest episode we've had so far, Travis Curra. <laughs> You've only dropped two angry elks, so I think we're doing okay. <laughs> That's, you know what? We're still... We're, I think I'm a little more calculated on my angry elks, though, now. <laughs> awesome. You know, it's like cheat day when you have like uh, when you go to McDonald's and you get the Big Mac and the Junior Chicken and the McDouble all with a large fries and a large Coke. It's <laughs> you know you can only do that so often or you die. It's just or like those people that else. pretend like I'll get a double Big Mac, large fries. Uh, we'll get a fillet of fish on the side and uh, a Diet Coke. <laughs> those are the people I love <laughs> because that makes all the difference. <laughs> let's talk about some signings and transactions that have happened over the last little while uh so i guess we better talk about some retirements uh marco brulliette uh with the riders has retired now it's funny because uh when he came i was like look at that that canadian depth is starting to turn around in saskatchewan but believe it or not, Chris Jones has actually made some trades that I actually agree with. So Marco ends up retiring, but they make a trade with BC for Mike Edom. And look at that. I'd say both guys are very comparable in skill set, and the Riders actually made a good trade. I, I would agree. And it, it's looking at the Riders roster this year, I'm, I was the one who boldly predicted two Grey Cup appearances in the next three years. Last year was obviously... Uh, my mulligan. Uh, so here's open it happens. But, I mean, you can see that they do have a lot of uh, – you look at the, the, the Canadians they have on the team now, and it's not going from starters to poo-poo platter. It's actually – they've got some nice depth. I mean, yeah. you look – there's a great example there at safety, getting Mike Edom in there. You look along the offensive line, get our Peter Diakowski in there. Yeah, they traded know, Armani Edwards for him, which I think is also a, a decent trade because the Riders have a log jam at import receiver, believe it or not. Oh yeah, and anytime you can trade an American for a Canadian this league, you're you're doing very well. And they've got so much depth with the emergence of some of their guys along the O line that today again they traded. They did the opposite. They traded a Canadian and Matt Vonk for an American, some more DB help. So I gotta say, heading into the first and all reports on the quarterbacking situation, you know, it's starting to they start to look a little a uh, little good in Ryderville. I'm really hoping. You know what? Even as a like non-Rider fan, I'm just really hoping I can make it down for a game this year at some point. Winston Venable ends up uh, retiring. I believe he left Montreal and signed in Toronto. So Montreal, I guess, wants to help Toronto. So they release Bear Woods, and Toronto just signed him today. That Bear Woods release might be one of the strangest things I've ever seen. Yeah. I don't even know if I want to say it's money-related because of the timing of it. Well, I think they came out and said it wasn't 
money related. So I don't know if it was a locker room issue or something because it sure wasn't performance. But all of a all of a sudden, Toronto, which everybody's kind of got you know at least penciled into the East Division basement, and I mean they're still. I would still put them firmly in the East Division basement. But they get now Bear Woods and Marcus Balls back. Yeah, now all of a sudden that defense is looking like they might not be so pretty bad. Uh, Chad Cackert ends up retiring. And a couple guys that I was wanting to see what they would do. Kendall Hunter used to play running back for uh, the San Francisco 49ers. He retires. And uh, now Daniel Thomas gets released by the Rough Riders. He was another guy that uh, was a running back. He played in Miami. And I guess he was looking great at camp, but he was put under concussion protocol. So I don't know if they've let him go for good or if they've let him go to bring in some more bodies uh, to have a look at in training camp. Well... You almost have to wonder, I mean, for the amount of money, if you've got any kind of concussion history, and let's face it, you're also losing 30% if you're an American coming up here on, on every dollar. Is it is it worth it if you had concussion problems to keep on playing? And I think that might be part of it, right? There's a guy that's got dinged in the head, and maybe there's a guy that's used to the bright lights in the big cities of places like San Francisco and Miami Hanging out at a university in Saskatoon, which, again, is a very top facility. I mean, both facilities here in the city. We're blessed here in Saskatoon. But still, you know, you go from, you know, some of the biggest cities in the world to, you know, good old Saskatoon there, eh? Maybe he just didn't quite – maybe he just didn't want to quite stick around there, eh? Plus an injury there, don't you know? Somebody might have told him there that, hey, you know, sometimes she gets a little cold down there in Regina, eh? You, you got to actually move out of your igloo there. You know, but old Bob from down the street, he's got your snowblower there. He'll get you out, no problem there. Especially when we get that heavy kind of snow in October. No do to boot it. Hey, hey you want, you boys want to go for poutine and some Timmies? <laughs> what? You're telling me Fuddruckers isn't a big enough draw? <laughs> Maybe for you and me it is. Yeah, I would sign it. Hey, you get free Fuds for the football season. Oh, I, where's the dotted line? Where's the pen I'm signing? <laughs> <laughs> Only though if they give you the cheese sauce and not just the normal cheese sauce, the jalapeno cheese sauce. Oh. I like I I get my burger and my fries and I just put that everywhere. Like so it good. just looks like a cheesy explosion <laughs> on my plate or basket. <laughs> uh, the Eskimos made a big signing. Forest High Towers joining their secondary, and you're going to like this, Sergio Castillo is in Hamilton, and it actually looks like he might win the kicking job. Well, that's because Hamilton's kickers. I'm pretty that's sure true. I could strap on a one-bar <laughs> helmet and go do better than they were at the beginning of camp. I loved hearing my boy Sergio is back in the CFL. I mean, it's just – I just can't wait to see the first ball sail through the uprights at Tim Hortons Field, and I'll just be sitting in my living room or my basement sipping a Molson and going, <laughs> Sergio! Sergio. <laughs> No, no, no. It's got to be more dramatic. Like, okay. I feel like if he was on Latin Lover, he'd be like the lover. Like, it's more like Sergio. <laughs> like, he shows up and, like, Sergio was like the stepbrother's half-sister's uncle who came back from the dead only to marry the villainous down at the end of the street on the Homeowners Association 
and it, it was all wrapped up in an episode of Latin Lover, which always, you know, tell a Latino after dark if you know what I'm saying there, Travis Kura. <laughs> I do, so let's just keep rolling. Uh, let's talk about some quarterback uh, injuries here. Darian Durant bangs up his knee in Montreal last week. He had the MRI, but he returned to practice this week. And did you see that video that TSN did on him? It's kind of a feature where he's saying that he's a lion. No, I haven't, but I do know he's got a uh, lion tattooed on his arm that looks a little bit like the one that Austin Matthews of the Maple Leafs just got. Maybe there's some sort of super top athlete club where you have to have a wicked lion tattoo on your arm. It but honestly I, thinks he. I, I feel like he's going into the season with a bit of a chip on his shoulder. Well, as he should. I mean, he kind of got like that. Might have been worse than Bret Hart's Montreal screw job the way he got treated in in Saskatchewan <laughs> there at the end. <laughs> I mean, to say the least, I mean, I think you might have said it best on Facebook. I don't think there's a lot of people that are cheering against Darian Durant, especially out in this part of the country, that just want to see him succeed. He's truly a good human being, and I want to see him do well in Montreal. There are a lot of bitter rider fans that use this little bit of a knee injury uh, to kind of validate themselves and validate their hate uh, for Darian Durant to be like, oh, I'm glad he's gone. All he does is get hurt. Those are the stupidest people in the province. <laughs> Period. The Darian Durant haters. The man brought you a great cup at home on the greatest football night in this province's history. He brought you two other great cups. It's not his fault. Somebody couldn't count. If you hate Darian Durant, you either don't know football or you're a racist. Period. <laughs> <laughs> how do i follow that i mean just by silence i don't know i, I made that i didn't even need an angry elk see more control over the angry elks <laughs> he uh <laughs> this video that tsn did it seems like holy crap he's uh he's going into this season now i did think that uh montreal was going to compete now. They, I mean, they have Durant behind the center. They have a couple new receivers there as well. But, I mean, the defense seems to have fallen apart in the offseason. Yeah, it really has. And, I mean, that was their bread and butter last season. That was what kept them respectable, right? I mean, exactly. Me, I think the East is sneakily wide open this year. You know what? I, I do, too. I, I don't know if... Ottawa did make some good signings, but I don't know if they have a firm grip on first. I mean, they didn't last year either, so I mean no, that's not I, saying I, much. I think it'll be another. I think uh, in at least the three years we've done this, Trav, and I don't think you better not ask me for predictions just yet because I'm not going to give them to you. No, we'll, we'll do that just before week like, one. I think closer to the season, um, but I don't. I can't think of another year. Like, I think you could make a case for any team winning their division with the exception of maybe Toronto. Like, I totally I think, agree. I, I mean, uh, Durant has I, Ernest Jackson and Nick Lewis, who is not slowing down. No. <laughs> you can't no. stop him. Dude's getting bigger. He's getting meaner and tougher. Yeah. I mean, it, it just, the it, it, to me, it's like this season – you saw a lot of wealthy teams in terms of player personnel have to redistribute in terms of cap issues or whatever or because of injuries or retirements. But, I mean, out West, you could legitimately make a case 
I, I don't get me wrong. I think out West Calgary is going to be the favorite, but you could make a case for all five teams winning the West. Like I, if you told me today that BC was going to win the division, I don't think I could argue against that. And I don't think I could argue against Winnipeg, Saskatchewan, even out East. I think the only argument I have would be Toronto, but I feel like Toronto's got a little bit of that. All of a sudden, their defense is looking a little beefy. You know, Ricky Ray's coming back. All you got to do is find a piece or two on offense, hope the O-line holds up, and then even Toronto could be respectable. Ottawa did make some big moves. They kind of uh, clean shop from Toronto. They, t- they grabbed Kenny Shaw, Deontay Spencer, A.J. Jefferson, but they also got Khalil Bass. Those are some yeah. big uh, big signings, but they're basically replacing you know Chris Williams and uh, Ernest Jackson. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And, I mean, it's it's – I. Like, go ahead and try to make a great cup prediction right now. You can make a case for any two teams, and it's just, I think that's, I think this season, Trav, is going to be a lot of fun, so that's why I'm so angry off the first episode officially of the season. (laughs) Are you saying this will be the angriest episode from you all year? (laughs) Probably not, because chances are something (laughs) stupid's going to (laughs) happen. Who are we kidding? Exactly, and I'm not trying to suck up to get a play-by-play job anymore, so I can be even angrier than ever before. <laughs> let's uh, let's go out west. Uh, some injury news here as well. Uh, Vince Young. I mean, I, I've been kind of over this Vince Young story uh, for a while now, but yep. his hamstring. Uh, he pulled his hamstring. He's not going to be playing this Saturday against Winnipeg at New Mosaic. Is is the Vince Young experiment over? Oh, geez, that's from everything I'm reading at camp. You almost have to think it is because everything you've read at camp from Peterson and Murray McCormick and a lot of guys we've had on this show and a lot of guys we have a lot of respect for, you know, everything they're saying is it's Kevin Glenn by a mile. Yeah. And then and then Bennett and then Bridge and then Young. And this was before the injury. Now, I did. I. They yeah, even had uh, who's the f- what is it Peter Steinberg from Sports Illustrated? Yeah, he, yeah, he was up. He came up to do a story on Vince Young. Of course, there's a lot of interest on him uh, south of the border. He was huge with the Texas Longhorns, and yeah. he I think he ended up asking Rod, "Who's who's this number five? He's the best player on the field by far." And by the way, yeah, that's Kevin Glenn. Oh yeah, and. I think the, I think Glenn, especially with his age, is starting to realize his own mortality a little bit, and I think Glenn realizes this might be his last best shot coming up this year, if not the year after. So you put a bigger chip on Kevin Glenn's shoulder, all of a sudden maybe he's got a little bit of that Henry Burris to him, veteran guy that, I mean, let's face it, Kevin Glenn doesn't have a ring, which still blows me away, but regardless, it's I can say one thing about watching Vince Young in person is... When Kevin Glenn or almost any quarterback throws deep, looks like they're, like, trying hard to throw it deep. And I mean that with no disrespect. You know, you try to launch a football 50, 60 yards in the air to a perfect spot. It's going to look like it takes some effort, right? (laughs) Of course. When Vince Young does it, it looks like he's playing beer pong. He just drops back and flicks the wrist, and that thing sails, like, 40 to 50 yards in the air. It's so impressive. Like, it's just wow. like a l- little flick, and away she goes. Wow. So it's just, 
But you can tell where he's really struggling. Seems to be with the motion and the timing. I mean, how many quarterbacks do we see come out of the U.S.? I mean, I mean, again, because of flawed logic, almost every quarterback in the CFL is American. But you end up in a spot where it all—it always seems to take these guys time to adjust to the motion and the extra man and the reads, and that's where Vince has been really struggling. I mean. He throws a ball like if I haven't seen before in person. But in terms of, you know, finding it to the right guy, I don't know if that's there yet. Well, and that happens with all of the quarterbacks that come uh, north of the border because uh, it's a bit different with him because he's already, what, 33. So yep. if he doesn't get the number two spot, is there really a point for him to stay? And is there a point for the riders to invest in him? Well, I think there is. I think if Vince Young is serious about this, now, again, it it, it all comes down to, I think if he's even going to be number three, I think if he's serious about this, about wanting to play football again, he should, like so many U.S. quarterbacks before him, take his time as the number three guy. Because let's face it, in the CFL, your number three guy these past few years has been seeing game time. Yeah, they they have been. I just don't know if any human being, and this is more a slam on the CFL than anything, that if any human being, especially a guy that's already got a full-time job he's on leave from, can get by on practice roster wages. That's my only question. Like, if he's your third quarterback, if Vince Young comes out of camp as number three, if he really wants to prove that this is all about football and redemption, he'll stay on as the number three guy because then he gets paid, which is reported hundred and fifty grand or whatever it is, right? And and I think I think it's good for I think it'd be good for everybody to keep him on board. And if he wants to play football, he might have to sit back for a season. And who knows? I mean, Bridge or Bennett or Glenn could all go down, and you could see Vince Young playing in Game Seven. You know the way that I mean, look at the Riders a couple of years ago. Durant went down, and then Glenn went down, and everybody went down. Yeah, because I I think the biggest thing with some of these guys coming up north of the border is. How bad do they want it? Because yep. if if they're, they're not going to bother sticking around being a third stringer for a season or maybe two, then they just go home, right? Uh, there's been so yeah. many NCAA guys that, you know, have played with Alabama and have won national championships or whatever. You know, they've been yep. really good and they come up and it's so much different. The, the learning curve is insane. So... They just go home, and it's that level of commitment that I think. He, but he's saying all the right things. He, it looks like he does want to be here. Oh, I would agree. There has not been a single indication from anywhere that that I think if Vince Young is given, I think the determining factor will be if he earns a, at least that third stringer spot. Because at least that third stringer spot, you're getting regular game checks and you're getting enough. I mean, the guy's 33 with a family on leave from a pretty lucrative job in Texas. Yeah. You know, let's face it. That's not the kind of guy that's going to be able to go down. I'm sure he'd be willing to. I'm sure if this was a – if he was single with no kids I'm sh- and not on leave from a great job at Texas, that Vince Young would probably give the practice squad a go from all indications. But I just can't, like – I just can't see how a, how a guy – with a wife and kids could live off practice roster wages while you have your job literally just sitting there waiting for you to go home to. And that Brian Bennett, by the way, he had the hardest throw at the, uh, 
NFL Combine, 60 miles an hour. He didn't go drafted, uh, but the – yeah, <laughs> imagine trying to catch that. This kid has a rocket. So the Colts 60. brought him in, and he didn't make it there either, and he appears to be looking really good for Saskatchewan. Well, you got to think, what do you need to get some of those long outs to the wide side of the field? You need some velocity, You need a rocket, man. yeah. Oh, 60 miles an hour. I can only think of, like, my hands – I like – could you imagine, like, trying to catch that and missing and catching that right in the groin? <laughs> oh, 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 it would hit me in the face. It would just be so comical. <laughs> like, like it would be like Hans Molman's man getting hit by football. What's <laughs> <laughs> that oh, little Simpsons? I, you remember going back as a kid when you used to jam your finger with a basketball? Oh, absolutely. I have not done that for so long, but I just imagine this guy just breaking every single one of my fingers. <laughs> okay, funny basketball story. Okay. I once, uh, because I've been the same height, about 5'9", since <laughs> I was in grade 6, okay? Okay. So 5'8", <clears throat> so 5'9", five, five, as a grown-ass man, not very tall. No. As a kid in grade 7... Very tall. So I was our starting center on my junior high basketball team. Well, one day at practice, I was running down the floor. I don't even know what I was doing. And I heard, hey, John. And this was during a practice. I turned around. I took a ball square in the face, and it landed me right on my ass. What I would pay to see that video. <laughs> Sadly, there was no video as it was a practice. But I still I remember having a shiner. I didn't get my first shiner from playing hockey. I from being a big, lanky kid playing basketball and getting beaned in the face. <laughs> my basketball career ended when all of a sudden 5'9 by grade 9 or 10 was just a short little fat guy. <laughs> but for those two years, Travis Curra, where I was a tall, fat guy, I was basically Atticoken High, the Voyager's version of Bryant Big Country Reeves. You were an all-star, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was. <laughs> there was another uh, injury in Edmonton, actually. Corey Greenwood, and I feel for this guy, uh, linebacker. They were going to make that spot Canadian. The Eskimos were going to play uh, three import receivers, and I guess they still are going to try to make that spot Canadian, but torn ACL, he's out for the season. Yeah, again, you just you hate to see that happen, especially guys that have probably like uprooted their lives to move across the country, find a new place, and then blow out the knee and see what happens. So here's hoping for a full recovery. Here's hoping we'll see him next year. And staying in Edmonton, it was announced Monday, officially, it was, I mean, it leaked last week, it's been talked about for a few months, that Edmonton will be hosting the 106th Grey Cup next November. So maybe finally one that I can afford to go to because I'm cheap. Don't say maybe. Don't say maybe. What do you mean? I, I, I have to say maybe. Oh, come on. I'll let you sleep in my truck. Well, that's the thing. I've already heard that some hotels are jacking up prices to five to seven hundred dollars a night. Ah, that's the Westin. That's the Westin. Don't work. don't stay there. Stay at the same hotel we stayed at in Regina. The truck stop with the smoking rooms. <laughs> I could I not breathe can. after I left Regina. <laughs> Well, that's because we stayed in a hotel that had somehow been shoehorned in the parking lot of a truck stop. And when we said no no smoking, they're like, they're basically, all we have is smoking. 
everybody's smoking at Smoking Hotel. Like, odds are that there's been illegal activities <laughs> taking place in many of those rooms, including probably ours. Like, the, this is the best part of it. I'll never forget this. D- night one in the hotel, I'm like, I'm kind of paranoid. I just need to check for bed bugs. And you were like, no, don't check. I'd rather not know. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> Well, what was going to happen? It was the only hotel we could get. We weren't getting it anywhere else. And if you saw a piece of lint that looked anything like a bed bug, boom, we would have been staying in your Ford Ranger for the rest of the trip. I'm proud to say there were no bed bugs and we made it out alive. We did. Little worse for wear, but we made it out alive. (laughs) Uh, Now let's talk about some camp battles that uh, I'm keeping an eye on because uh, Fantasy, I was the champion last year in our uh, league that we play for Jelly Beans. Yeah, it, what, no, we pay for oh, the Jelly Beans League or the Money League because you well won, you the Jelly the-, the Jelly Beans is money, John. Oh, you just ruined it. Now we can get like go to prison for playing oh. in the legal gambling leagues. Oh, um, by money I meant. Monet, which is what we call Monopoly money, because we're good old boys like that. Darn tootin', no do to boot it. Gambling's bad. How, <laughs> how many prayers. jelly beans can you get for 20 bucks? Uh, depends on the quality of the jelly bean, because there's some hipster jelly bean places where it's like, oh, the hoity-toity kale jelly bean. Oh, God. <laughs> kale jelly bean? Like, 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 are we talking, like, I'm sure you could probably fill up a decent-sized, like, Rubbermaid tub with 20 bucks worth of, like, Costco <laughs> jelly beans. We but, should like, actually about... play for jelly beans. It's... No, because I'm trying to get off sugar. Um, and, and there's always, like... And then there's always the black jelly beans, which are just the worst. But either way, you know, if we're going to Costco, I bet you for 20 bucks, you could fill up a good-sized Rubbermaid tub. If you go for those Jelly Belly ones that have, like, the different flavors, you could fill up, like, a, like, um, a decent-sized bowl. Well, uh, we'll get some sugar-free jelly beans for you, and then uh, we'll just play for jelly beans, about 2,500 jelly beans if you win the league. Uh, all right, that uh, that works for me, and I can maybe not have my entire team injured when I play you in the finals. <laughs> that was the best. <laughs> Listen, okay. we, we've had this league for five years. I've won it once and made the final in three other years, okay? <laughs> okay Consistency. I, I need to tell you something right now. Uh, it's about 28 degrees in Red Deer. Okay. And I'm in the second bedroom right now, and oh, man, I'm just wearing some gitch right now. And it is, I'm telling you, about 40 degrees in this bedroom. I'm pouring sweat, so I'm struggling through this. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't tell if you are going to leave this on the recording. <laughs> I don't even know if we're going to edit this out. That's the best part. <laughs> oh. I'm struggling so much right now. <laughs> Oh, man, hey, if it makes you feel better, I had a wicked migraine last night, and I've got that migraine hangover. Maybe we should just, like, I don't know, sing a song and wrap this up then if you're naked and sweaty and I, my head hurts. I can see sweat, like, pouring down my <laughs> my hairy belly right now. I uh, can just... Uh, <laughs> you're such a wordsmith, too, that I can just picture you slouched over with a stoic look on your face, sweat dripping down your brow, because you probably haven't shaved your head like you often do in the winter. You're... N- just 
just like glistening in the 28 degree sun as you sit up in your second <laughs> bedroom. The bead of sweat goes down to your perfectly hairy, <laughs> fuzzy chest that that is that of a large, burly man, but not as large <laughs> as you were before. Probably in a pair of white tidy whiteies going green. Why won't John sh- green? Why won't and John it's a shut it's a so grizzly bear in the back room back and it says who farted? I think. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay. We've set the bar too low. I think. Okay. Anything else you need? You need to run by me here, Trev. I'm going to give you three word answers so we can get you out of that room. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. I want to talk about. I have some position battles that I want to run through before we wrap this thing up. I promise next week we'll talk more about some guys to pick and to avoid in fantasy. Is that a deal? Absolutely. Okay. I've also done no research this week. <laughs> okay. Who is going okay. to be the running back in Ottawa? Shakir Bell, William Powell, or Moses Madu? Maybe Madu. Uh, Winnipeg middle linebacker. It looks like they're still giving uh, Sam Hurl the shot there, but Nick Temple, Kyle Knox, are they going to overtake Sam Hurl before the season starts? Knox hurling the Temple. <laughs> in Edmonton, actually, there is a bit of a receiver battle going on there with uh, uh, Darrell Walker heading south of the border. And I think some fun guys to watch, Bryant Mitchell. He might make this team and he might make some noise this year. Now, running backs in Saskatchewan. Are they going Canadian? Are they not? Keenan LaFrance, Greg Morris are the Canadian options. And Cameron Marshall, one of the import options. We 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 avec le pamplemus, et la Poutine et la Tim Hortons. Oui oui oui, c'est très bien canadien. Oh man, I feel like I'm in Medicine Hat in the middle of July. Uh, <laughs> See, I, that's my hey Travis. You didn't understand my French there. Um, uh, I think they're going Canadian there. You do? Yes, you actually do. I, I do. I think that uh, I think that's a big time ratio buster. I think they're really high in Keenan LaFrance. He's just been a little banged up. Uh, and in terms of your receiver pick in Edmonton, never trust a man with two first names. <laughs> well, they, they bring Anthony Allen back. I think they're going to go with Marshall and Allen. Mm, you're probably right. <laughs> We'll see what happens. We'll put some jelly beans on the line for that one. We'll put some jelly. No, let's let's put because it's debating over Canadian versus American. Let's put like uh, poutine on it. Okay, let's do it. And and because I busted out in random French from smoked poutineery based out of Quebec. <laughs> <laughs> Toronto running backs is Brandon Whitaker still going to be the guy? Wit, wit, whittle away at another great season. Oh, he, uh, you know, quietly had a great year last year. Second in uh, rushing. He ended up having like 80 receptions. He had a great year, but they have some new guys that are really fun to watch. I don't know if you've seen this James Wilder Jr. He looks like this guy could be playing linebacker, crushing people left and right. Well, I say turn down for wit. <laughs> Turned down for wit. That was bad. <laughs> that, 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 well, your head does you, hurt. 
It does. I'm so, I told you I'd try to keep it before your sweatiness gets too bad. I'd keep it tight. I think I need to go edit this podcast on the on the deck or something because I'm dying. Or maybe this is my you new weight loss program. See, I'm not going to lie, Travis. I'm actually fully engulfed by a blanket because I'm in my basement of my central air-conditioned house in front of my 55-inch TV with the NBA Finals on it. So okay. we do this all night, baby. Basically, I am so cold, my nipples are pokey. Okay, here's the thing. I bought a condo that has air conditioning. Okay. And they didn't hook it up. So. No. Yeah. I, I can see the air conditioning box outside of my condo. And it's not hooked up to my thermostat, and I really don't know how, and I will probably wreck something if I do it. So I sent out an email, and I'm still waiting to hear back, and in the meantime, I'm just getting swalls nonstop, man. <laughs> oh, no, poor Travis. The worst part is that I know it's there, you know? <laughs> it's just, And you know that it's probably like, I bet you it's probably just a matter of like switching two wires. Oh, probably. They'll, they'll come in and they'll snap their fingers and, man, glorious, glorious air conditioning. But until then, we get to record every episode with you and your sweaty glory. <laughs> <laughs> Fraser and Kura, proud members of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Make sure you follow uh, that account on Twitter, at Network. Follow us on Twitter at 2 and CFL and buy buy the shirts we literally make no money off of them all those guys from Piffles make all the money yeah they off make of all them. the money they make all, all the of money. the money it, you know what if you buy a Canadian Football Podcast Network shirt though I will never again do the mic selfie like our crew over at Piffles <laughs> I'm buying one right now <laughs> until you buy a shirt Mike selfies for days and they're only going to get more awkward and more naked <laughs> follow and like 2 and out on Facebook and Twitter at 2 and out CFL like review subscribe on iTunes I'm getting into an ice bath John I will talk to you next week you better be there ah uh, yeah I guess so alright boys <laughs> we'll talk to you next week <laughs>